Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this morning, another opportunity to meet and to share your word in Jesus' name. We pray that your word will have a place in our lives in the name of Jesus. We pray in Jesus' mighty name that, Lord, you speak to us today. We declare restoration in every place, in every area, in every family, in everybody's life this morning. We declare, let there be restoration in Jesus' name. Amen. Right, so this morning we are talking about restoration, like you said. Um, I'm just going to, we're just going to look at a few passages in the Bible and then we will use that as our inspiration for restoration. Luke chapter 5. From verse 1 to 10. The Bible says, So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of the Genesaret, and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got to one of the boats, which was Simon, Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. He sat down and taught the multitude from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your net for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have told all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. <clears throat> when he had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net began to break. And their net, so I'm sorry, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in their other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled the boat so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at, at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish. Which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with him. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Amen. I believe that this passage is a passage that we are very familiar with. We have heard it so many times. But this morning, I just want us to look at the passage into a little more detail and look at the things that happened. The Bible tells us that this fisherman who are experienced fishermen who are in the business of fishing had gone out one evening to do their business. They had toiled all night. It means throughout the night they were working with the hope of catching some fishes. 
but then they caught nothing. And when these guys came out of the sea, they came to the shore, they met Jesus Christ. Before this time, these guys had already interacted with Jesus Christ. When John introduced Jesus Christ after the baptism, this peop- some of these people had followed Jesus Christ. So they knew that he was a man of God or they knew that he was a prophet or they knew that he was the Messiah. But they were not like they were not fully committed to following him at this point. And so when Jesus Christ asked for their boat that he would use their boat to preach, they willingly gave out their boat. And because they willingly gave out their boat, Jesus gave them a word and they followed obeyed the word of Jesus Christ and they were able to get a harvest. Now, first of all, I want us to take note of the fact that this fisherman had worked throughout the night. They had labored throughout the night and caught nothing. And so when they came out, they were just washing their nets. Can you imagine? If this fisherman had caught so much fish, or they have caught any fish at all, they have caught a little fish when they were first working, and they came out, and there were fishes in their boat. At that point, their boat wouldn't have been a vessel that Christ would have used to do to preach. They would have missed the opportunity to hear Christ preach at the shore because their boat, they would be working on their fish at that time. So they went out into the sea. They tried all they knew but they caught nothing sometimes the losses that we incur sometimes the pain that we go through sometimes the things that we lose and the things that we think that we have not been able to achieve are things that god is going to use for his glory imagine if these guys had the fish at that time jesus wouldn't have used their boat they would have missed their 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 calling Because at this point, after they got the harvest, Jesus said, I am going to make you fishers of men. And so I think that I believe that at the time when these guys were fishing, at the time that they were going through the sea and they spent hours and they had missed, uh, they spent hours and they had not caught anything. I don't know what they were thinking. Maybe it's a point in, it was a low point in their life and they were thinking God has forsaken them. They have They were thinking that things are not working for them, that the the odds are against them. Maybe they were considering all that. And look at the moments in your life that you think that you have missed out, that you think that they are the lowest moment of your life, or you think that God had forsaken you and that God is not in your favor, God is not working for you. Know that all those experiences, God is able to use them for his glory. There are things God is working behind the scenes that we are not privy to. And so God is going to use the things that we call failure, the things that we call disappointment, the things that we call pain, the things that we call losses. God is going to use all of that for his glory. When this man had gone out for fishing and they caught nothing, their boat was empty. And because their boat was empty, it was suitable for Christ to use as a puppet for preaching. To them, it was a loss. But to God and to the plan of God, it was gain. There are things in your life that you are counting as loss. But in the plan of God, those things are gain. Those things are to your advantage. Those things are actually working for you. And so before you see the whole picture, do not conclude that you have lost. 
before you see the whole picture, do not conclude that you have failed. Before you see the whole picture, do not conclude that things have not worked in your favor this year. Because God is working behind the scenes for your good. Because their boat was empty, Christ was able to use that boat to preach. So he stood on their boat and he preached. Our experiences are tools in the hands of God that God is going to use for our glory. The book of Romans chapter 8 verse 28 tells us that all things work together for our good. Have you experienced any losses this year? Have you experienced any down time, any down moments in your life this year? And you thought that if there was anything to remember as the highlight for your year or any things that you count as the failure for your year, then those events or those things that have happened are the things that you are going to look at and say, this is what made my highlight. This is my lowest moment. This was the part that I felt disappointed and felt despaired. God is going to use that as tools in his life to bring to pass his purpose. So this man had tried all that they could, experienced fishermen who have been in the business for fishing, of fishing for so many years. The Bible tells us that their father was also a fisherman. So I believe that this guy started fishing at a very young age. They followed their father to the sea. And so these guys had experience in fishing. They had tried all they could. Nothing was working that evening. They came out with an empty boat. As if all the fishes were, had left the part of, 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 of the region where they are, they came back after, after hours of working, they came back with an empty boat and they stood at the shore and they were washing their nets. And because their boat was empty, that was an opportunity for God to fulfill his purpose. So Jesus, after preaching from their boat, he gave them a word. Simon Peter answered and said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Maybe that is your situation. You have tried and tried and tried. And it looks like you are not getting any results. You have tried all you can. And it looks like it's not working. You have tried the skills that you have. The connections that you have. And it looks like it's not working. But what you need is a word from God. The same place where they had tried and tried and it wasn't working. The same place where they had worked so many hours and they caught nothing. When they got a word from God, Peter said, we have toiled all night. Sometimes that's your situation. You have actually toiled. It means you have exerted force. You have applied the skill and the wisdom and everything you have read from books. You have applied, but it's not working. You have interacted with people. You have sought out the help of man and it's not working. You have toiled all night. You caught nothing. Nevertheless, at the word of the master, you can try again. At the word of the master, you can launch out again into the deep. And because this time you are acting on the word, the results will be different. The same environment, the same place that they tried so many hours and they caught nothing. When they receive a word, the word changed everything. The word changed their results. And so even though their skills fail, fail them, even though their experience failed them, God the word of God that they received and they acted on that word made the difference in their lives. And when it looks like you have lost everything and it looks like things are not working, go down to your knees. 
all you need is a word from God. Because one word from God can turn around your situation. One word from God can change the condition. Or, or even if the condition does not change, one word from God will cause the condition to be in your favor. It was the same region, the same sea, the same place that they had worked hours. Few hours ago, they tried, it caught nothing. But a few hours later, because they acted on the word of God, they caught so much fishes that their boat began to sink because they had and obeyed the word of God. But look, in the midst of all these things, what actually happened, that what they would have called failure brought them closer to God. What they, have, they would have called failure was able to make room for God to use them and to cause them to become fishers of men. The things that we count as failures, they are not failures in the hands of God. And so every painful experience that you have been through, give it over to God. God is able to use them for his glory. And when God uses anything for his glory, you are, you are not left out because the glory will rub on you. And so this morning, I want us to take inspiration from this passage. Let's look at the fact that if these guys had the fishes in their boat, Christ wouldn't have used their boat. These guys had worked so long, they caught nothing. But when they received a word from God, it changed everything. Every, all the hours that they worked was restored. All the hours that looked like they had wasted on the sea and caught nothing and came back with an empty boat, it was restored. When they obeyed the word of God, they came back with resource. The word of God does not fail. If you act on the word of God, you will come back with resource. If you hold on onto the word of God, you will come back with a testimony because God does not fail. Do not count yourself a failure. Don't think that the things that have happened, the things that have that have uh, um, caused you pain, the things that you call disappointment, when you give them over to God, God will turn them around for your good. There is restoration in Christ. There is restoration coming to everyone at the sound of my voice this morning because God is going to give you a word and that word will bring restoration into your life. Through their disappointment, they discovered their purpose. Through their pain, they discovered their purpose. Through their losses, they discovered their purpose. Like I said last week, when you are going through anything that you don't understand, pray that God, what is the, what is the use of this pain? What is the use of this disappointment? What is the use of this failure? What lesson can I learn from it? Use this for your purpose. God is not only able to use our success stories. God is able to use our lowest moments. God is able to use our disappointing moments. God is able to use the moments that we go through pain. God is able to use all that for his glory. When this man agreed to hand over their boat to Christ, after Christ used the boat to preach, he did not forget their sacrifice. He did not forget the fact that these guys, even at a disappointing moment, they chose to obey his voice and chose to obey his word and gave over their boat to him to use. And after that, he showed them that what he was teaching had power. He showed them that whatever they give to God, God is able to give back multiple in multiple folds. So whatever you have lost this year, because of your faithfulness to the word of God, 
God is going to bring restoration. You should remember that God is not unfaithful to forget your labor of love. The things that you have done for the name of God. The things that you have done for his word's sake. The things that you have done or the things that you have to give away because of God and because of his word. It is never in vain. God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love. Sometimes you do good things to people. And because you have done good things to people or to your friends, to your family members, when you are in need, they also remember that, oh, this person has done good for me some time past. And so if this person is in need, I will try to help the person. If human beings can even think that way, what about God? Is he unfaithful to forget the things that you do for his name's sake? Is he unfaithful to forget your labor of love? The Bible tells us that God is not unfaithful. When this man obeyed the voice of Christ, they launched out into the deep. The Bible says they caught so much that their boat began to sink. The harvest was so much that their boat began to sink. And they called their partners to come and help them so that they can bring the fish out of the sea. And when they had come, when they had come out, they when they came, when they came out of the sea, they realized that this man is really Lord. That even his word, by his word, were able to get this harvest by obeying his word. So the Bible says, Simon Peter saw it. He knelt down and 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 said, "Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, Lord." The pain that he had gone through led him to the point where he acknowledged the lordship of Jesus Christ. The pain and the disappointment that he had gone through led him to the point where he saw the hand of God working in his life. If there is any need in your life, see that as an opportunity for God, for the hand of God to be seen in your life. If there's any pain that you have been through this year, see that as an opportunity for God to work a miracle for you. For you to see the Lordship and the hand of God upon your life. Every pain, every disappointment, every failure that you have experienced this year, see that as an opportunity for God to show forth his glory. Amen. I want us to look, to look at another passage in John chapter 5, verse 1 to 9. The Bible says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is in the Hebrew, which is called in the Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In this lay a great multitude of sick. People, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well. And whatever was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already had he that he already had been in that condition for a long time he said to him do you want to be made well the sick man answered and said or the sick man answered him sir i do not have i have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up but while i am coming another steps down before me 
And Jesus said to him, Rise up, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and he walked. Now this is the story of a man who has also been in the condition for so long, 38 good years. The man had been in that condition for 38 good years. There are certain situations, certain conditions that every year that we hope to change that situation, we hope to change the condition. Just like this man, I believe every new year he had hopes that in this first, second year, things will change. I will make sure that when the angel steps, stares the water, I'll be there and I'll be healed. Every year he had hope. Then third year came, he had hope that maybe this is going to be the year that will work out. The fourth year came, the fifth year, until the 38th year. The man had been in the same condition for 38 good years. Hoping and believing that maybe at some day, at some point, things are going to change. He was lying there for 38 years. There are situations and conditions in our lives that we are hoping that they are going to change. They have been there and they have lingered for so long. But today at the word of God, there is going to be restoration. So the man had been there for so long and Jesus Christ came, saw this man lying there. The Bible says Jesus Christ knew that the man had been there for so long. He knew that the man had been there for 38 years. There were so many people there, but Jesus knew the man's condition. He knew the details of his condition. Sometimes when we go through things and we wonder, does God even notice what we are going through? But let me tell you, the, the truth of the matter is, Jesus knows all the details of your life. And he's compassionate towards you. He knows the details and he's not criticizing you. He knows the details and he's not snubbed you. He knows the details and he's not avoiding you. He is compassionate towards the need that you are going through. Sometimes when we read this man's story, we say that why has this man lied in the same position for 38 years? Why didn't he just go and lie in the sea and in the water and wait in the pool and just wait for the staring of the pool? Why did he just allow himself to be there for 38 years? Jesus did not question the man. He wasn't thinking that way. If you have the heart of Jesus, the Bible says Jesus had compassion over the man. And so sometimes when we preach about faith, we say this man didn't know the right thing to say to Jesus. But Jesus didn't look at that. The Bible says he was compassionate towards the need of the man. And so Jesus Christ, when the man, when he saw the man and knowing that the man had been there for so long, he rather had compassion for the man. He saw the man in that position for so long as a man who lacked healing, as a man who was in search for healing, for a person to be in the same position, on the same place for 38 years, hoping that the condition will change. I believe that to another level, that is another level of expression of his faith. That he was there, hoping that one day he was going to be healed. For him to wait. Because if this man had given up, he would just go and wait. He'd just go and wait for his death. But because he had faith that one day was going to be his day. That one day things were going to work out. He kept waiting for 38 years. Till finally, the Messiah came. And so this man was not faithless at all. And Jesus Christ did not criticize the man for not taking initiative, for not taking action, for not moving. But he was compassionate 
towards his need. The Bible says that we do not have a high priest who cannot be touched with our infirmities. Jesus Christ can be touched with our infirmities. He can be touched with our weaknesses. He knows our weaknesses and he's not judging our weaknesses. He's compassionate towards our weaknesses. He knows our pains. He knows our failures. He knows our shortfalls and he's compassionate towards those shortfalls. He's not judging and condemning us. The heart of Jesus is the compassionate heart. And so he saw the man, knowing that the man had been there for so long. This man had been there for 38 years. People, I believe people had come in and they have met him there and they got healed and they left. People, he had seen the testimonies and the praises of other people who got healed. They got into the pool and they came out and they came back with praises and they were excited. And they were, maybe he had joined in celebrating the success story of other people. Maybe he had joined in celebrating the testimony and the joy of other people. For 38 years, he had to see people come in with miracles every year. For 38 years, he had to, re- he has to um, celebrate the testimony of other people and his condition. He had been in the same condition for 38 years. And so this man had got, had got into the point where he felt that the only way he was going to come out of that situation is if he gets another man to help him. If he gets another man to help him and to carry him into the sea or into the pool when there's a stirring of the pool. And maybe you have a situation, a condition that you've been through. Others who are in the same situation, you have seen them come out with testimonies. They go in and they come, they come out with testimonies. They go in and they come out with victory. But you are wondering, why have you been in that situation for so long? This morning, there is restoration for you because you receive the word of the master. Because you are going to encounter Jesus Christ this morning. You are going to encounter Jesus Christ this month. And there is going to be restoration. Every situation that you have waited for so long to see a change. In the name of Jesus, I declare, let there be restoration now. Any situation that has lingered in your life for so long. Anything that you had hope in the beginning of the year that it was going to change. And it's November and it looks like the situation is still the same. I declare at the word of the master, let there be restoration In Jesus' mighty name. The man had been used to the same format or the same process of healing. He knows that there has to be the stirring of the pool. And then you jump into the pool and you you are going to be healed. But Jesus Christ just showed up and tell him that, listen, you cannot restrict me to this particular formula. You cannot restrict God to a formula. Maybe others it worked for others using that formula but your situation is different your condition is different your story is different at the word of the master something the uh, there were others who were waiting but this man didn't have to wait at the word of the master the man was healed the word of god is what changes everything the man had been in that condition and there was no change but one word from jesus christ changed the man's situation one word from jesus christ changed his condition and this man who had been there in infirmity for so long the master had compassion over him and said to him get up take your bed and walk maybe you have also reached the conclusion that 
there is something that you are looking for and you are thinking that you need a man's help. You need somebody who is in, in that institution to be able to assist you. You need somebody who is in that place or that thing that you need. You need somebody who can help you, hold your hand and, think, and, and take you there. But at the word of the master, everything will work for your good. At the word of the master, you might not even get that help from man that you are looking for. But God's help is enough. The word of God is enough to fulfill everything that it says. At the word of the master, this man, this man's health was restored. Condition that has been there for 38 years was restored. He became well. He got well and he lifted up his mat. He lifted up his bed. And he, he, he walked away at the word of the master. There's nothing that you go through that the master does not know. Just like this man's condition, Jesus knew that this man had been long, has had been there for so long. He's been in that condition for so long. Jesus knew the details. And I want you to know that Jesus knows the details of your life. Every expectation Every disappointment, every heartbreak, every pain that you have been through, know that Jesus knows all the details and he's able to turn things around for his glory and for your enjoyment and for your good. One word from Jesus Christ solved the man's problem that he had, been, he had, he had experienced for so, so long. Finally, I want us to look at this passage in Luke chapter 7, verse 11 to 15. The Bible says, Now it happened the day after that he went to a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother. She was a widow, and a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak. And he presented him to his mother. The Bible tells us that Abraham believed God. That even if Isaac was dead, God is able to bring Isaac back to life. And so this tells us there is no condition that is too late for God. There is no situation that is irreversible by God. Whatever you're going through. Whatever your situation is, there is no point in your life that you feel at this point, it is impossible for God to change. At this point, God cannot help me. You should know that with God, all things are possible. And so never close the door to your miracle. Never lose heart. No matter how long the situation has been with God. All things are possible. There's nothing that is irreversible by God. 
There's no situation that God cannot change. Never give up and close the door and accept the situation and say, this is my condition. This is my situation. With God, all things are possible. A single day, God is able to change something that you have waited for for so long. Something that takes people years to get. In a single day, God is able to give that to you. There's nothing impossible with God. Keep on believing God. Keep on trusting in Him. The Bible tells us that this woman was a widow. The Bible says, not after this day. Now, this is the point after the the, um, the events that happened before before this story was the healing of the um, the, the daughter of Darius who was dead. God, Jesus brought her back to life. Now, the Bible says, now it happened after that, after that incident, that they went to a city called Nain and many of the disciples were with him and there was a crowd. And they saw this man who was dead. The mother was a widow. So the mother had lost the husband a couple of years back. And her only son, the Bible says, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. So this woman had lost everything. Lost the husband and lost the son who was her only hope. You couldn't imagine the pain and the sorrow that this woman was going through at this point. They carried this boy and they were going to bury him. This widow had lost all that she had. If you read the Bible, the people who are most pitied in the Bible, one of them is a widow. Because a widow has no help. A widow has no support. That in, those, um, in that culture, the husband was the main support of the woman. And so the woman had no defense, had no support, had no help. The only one who was going to help this woman was the son who is now being carried in the coffin. The woman had lost everything. And there was nothing else she could do than to sorrow. I believe that she was thinking that I'll just sorrow and sorrow and sorrow till I'm also carried away by death. But when Jesus Christ saw that in verse 13, Bible says, when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. I want you to know that Jesus feels your pain. There's nothing that you go through that the Lord does not know and does not care about. The Bible says we do not have a high priest who cannot be touched with our infirmity. Jesus Christ had to become a man so that he will understand what, how men feel. Jesus Christ had to become a man so that he can relate with our weaknesses and our infirmity. And so know that he has compassion on the pain that you're going through. Your situation, your losses, the things that you cry about. God does not rejoice over those things. God is compassionate. And Jesus Christ demonstrated that when he was on earth. Because whenever Jesus went to a place where people were sorrowful, whenever Jesus went to a place where people were in pain, one thing that we see constant that happens every time is that he was compassionate on their pain. He was compassionate over whatever they were going through. He was compassionate over whatever they were feeling. Anytime that people were going through anything, Jesus was compassionate over them. And so the Bible says Jesus Christ saw what this man was going through and was compassionate. 
saw what this woman was going through and was compassionate over her and said to her do not weep so the first thing that jesus christ did was to address the pain of the woman he didn't see that as an opportunity to show how powerful he was it wasn't an opportunity for men to know that yeah he's the messiah and he carries some anointing and some power but jesus was very interested in the detail he understood that this was a situation that was causing somebody pain and so he wanted to address the pain and so jesus christ looked for the mother i believe being a messiah when he got there he knew exactly what was going on he knew the details of the story that this woman was a widow and this was his only son they were going to bury and so he had compassion on the woman this brings me to the story of the disciples when they were about to sink in the sea. They said, Lord, do you not care that we perish? And sometimes it's the same question we ask the Lord. Do you not care about the things we are going through? Do you not care that we are trying to get this and we have failed so many times and we are not getting it? Do you not care that this is our heart desire, but our heart desire is not being fulfilled? Do you not care? The Bible says the Lord is compassionate over everything we go through. He is touched with our infirmity. He is touched with our weaknesses. He is touched with our pain. And that's why when he got to where um, um, Lazarus was, he wept. Because he's a man who is touched with our pain. When he saw people who were hungry, the Bible says he had compassion over them. And so Jesus Christ is compassionate. And he's touched with our infirmity. He's touched with our losses. Anything that causes you to weep, God is touched by that. And God is not... Uh, um, he, he, he's not detached from our pain. He's touched with our infirmity. He's touched with our pain. So the Bible says, Jesus had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. He said to her, do not weep, because with him, there's nothing that is too late. This guy was not only sick and lying there. This guy had not just, this woman had not just lost her money or her job. Or, and yes, she had lost her life. I believe this boy was the very one who was putting food on the table. And Jesus said, do not weep. Then he came and touched the coffin. Today, God is touching every situation in your life that needs restoration. Every condition in your life that needs restoration, God is touching it right now in Jesus' mighty name. And I declare that his hand that touches your body will bring healing to your body. His hand that touches your situation will bring restoration to that situation right now. Everything that you have lost, the hand of God is touching it right now and is bringing restoration in Jesus' mighty name. And the Bible says, Jesus touched the coffin and those who carried him stood still. And he said to that young man, I say to you, arise. So the Bible says, So he who was dead sat up and began to speak. The boy was restored. Hallelujah. At the word of Christ, this boy was restored back to life. And at his word, I declare restoration over everything in your life. The Bible says, And he presented him 
to his mother. I can only imagine the joy of the mother to get his son. The very thing that she had lost, that she wept, restored back. The, 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 the gathering which was supposed to be a funeral gathering was turned into a church gathering, was turned into a party and a place of rejoicing. May God turn around every morning situation into joy. May he exchange every ashes for beauty in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of mourning, may he turn it around to the garment of praise in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus turned the funeral around into a gathering of praise. May every condition and every situation in your life be turned around in Jesus' mighty name. Finally, I want to tell you, in Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 27, the Bible says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? This is God's question to all of us. He first of all says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Whatever thing that you're expecting, whatever thing that you've lost, whatever thing that you think it's impossible, God's question to you this morning, is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything you can think about that is too hard for God? Is there anything that you can conceive in your heart that is too hard for God? Have you been able to identify anything in this world, any condition in this world, any problem in this world that is too hard for God? That's his question to us this morning. He says, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Think about your situation. Think about the things you are expecting. Think about the things that you think you have lost or the things that you have actually lost. And ask yourself, is this too hard for God? Anytime you are in crisis, anytime you need help, anytime it looks like things are not working, one of the questions you need to ask yourself is, is this too hard for God? What you are expecting, is it too hard for God? That is his question to us. Is anything too hard? Beloved, there is nothing that we ever experience. There is nothing that can ever happen on this earth. That is too hard for God. He's the God of all flesh. He was able to speak to the fish. Fish. He was able, if he's able to speak to the fish, he's able to speak to the donkey, then he's able to speak to that man who is supposed to help you. He's able to speak to that person who is supposed to be the, the, the vessel that God is going to use for him. He's the God of all flesh. Every flesh will heed to his voice. And even things that are not flesh. Things that are object, nature will heed to his voice. We've seen it, God, that, that he's able to speak to the fish. At his word, the fishes will have to obey. At his word, sickness will have to obey. At his word, things that are dead will have to obey. There is nothing too hard for God. And so everything we are believing God for, we know that we have restoration this morning in the name of Jesus. There's nothing is lost, nothing is missing, nothing is broken. We will recover it all in the name of Jesus. God's word to Israel, when they had gone through pain, they have gone through losses that their enemies 
Because of disobedience, their enemies overtook them, destroyed their city, and God gave them a word in Joel chapter 2, verse 25. He says, I will restore to you the years that the locusts had eaten, the cankerworm, the caterpillar, and the palmerworm, my great army, which I sent among you. And he says, And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. This morning I declare that you will eat in plenty and be satisfied. And you will praise the name of the Lord your God. Whenever you eat in plenty and you are satisfied, it will turn out for praises towards God. And he says that you will praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people will never be ashamed. In this passage, he repeats twice that my people shall never be ashamed. When we go through losses, when we go through pain, when we go through things that brings us disappointment, it brings shame. But God brings us comfort through his word this morning that my people shall never be ashamed. If there's anything that has happened in your life that appears like he's going to put you to shame, his word to you this morning is that my people shall never be ashamed. If you are a child of God, if you belong to God, his word to you this morning is my people shall never be ashamed. If there's a situation that looks like it's going to bring shame to you, remember this word. His word says my people shall never be ashamed. So if you are in any situation that appears like, oh, you are going to be in shame. His word is, my people shall never be ashamed. Let's pray right now for restoration. That God will restore everything we have lost this year. Every opportunity. Everything that we have missed. And even in the years past, we declare restoration now. In the next one minute, let's just pray right now for restoration. Restoration in our lives. Let's we pray in the name of Jesus that we experience restoration in every aspect of our life today. In Jesus' mighty name, let there be restoration. As a church, we declare anything that we have lost this morning. We declare restoration in Jesus' mighty name. Anything that we have missed, we declare restoration in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for everyone at the sound of my voice this morning. Lord, I declare, let there be restoration in every aspect of their lives in Jesus' mighty name. Anything that they have lost this year, anything that they have missed out this year, any disappointment, any pain, Lord, I declare this morning at your word, let there be restoration now in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise for restoration. We thank you, Lord, that this morning there is restoration. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen.